0: So I want to I share with you a teaching a lesson that I had taught several years ago in the prophetic class, actually, um, but I kind of downsized it a little bit, compressed it a little bit so I could get it into a Sunday morning message, um, and I really believe that we're living in a time where we must become people of influence. Look at your neighbor and say, I must become a person of influence. You know, we have a lot of you here, you hear on social media, we have a lot of social media influencers, you know, in our nation today. And I want to tell you something, that there are ungodly influencers that are influencing our culture today. So as born-again spirit-filled believers, and even if you're not spirit-filled, you are still called to be an influencer in this life that we live in today, in this culture that we live in. So I just kind of, kind of stick to your notes a little bit in here in the beginning. Um, what is influence? The word comes from the Latin word meaning to andflu. It means power to and from. It's the capacity or power of persons or things to be a compelling force on or produce the effects on the actions, behaviors, or opinions of others, to persuade and to and the power to affect a person or course of events producing change. I want to read that to you again because this is where we come in. We come in on this part. We have the power to persuade a person and change the course and events that they're currently in to produce change in this world today that we live in. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm called to produce change. Okay, And we are called to produce change in this world that we live in. Um, there's, I, there's four keys that I want to talk to you about today about unlocking influence in our life. Um, And I'm going to start with Matthew 5 and verse 13, and this comes from the Amplified Version. And Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste or purpose, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything, but to be thrown out and walked on by people. In ancient times, salt was often used as a preservative. Those who follow Christ are to preserve both the gospel message and Christian values in a secular world. So I want you to know that we are called to preserve the gospel of Jesus Christ in this secular world that we live in. And just as Ronnie was talking this morning, just as he has learned the power of giving, and he carries a wealth mindset. We need to carry the mindset of the word of God. So if we desire to be influencers in this hour that we live in, then God will give you the place to sow the seed so you can be that influencer. God will bring people into your pathway so that you can sow the word of God. Amen. God says he watches over his word to perform it in our life. And so miraculously, he'll just open a door for you and you'll have a place to serve. You'll have a place to share the word of God. But it starts with desiring to first want to be an influencer. So I want to be an influencer. I want. We We need to produce the word of God in the hour that we're living in. In order to change this culture, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ has to be spoken. It has to be manifested into our atmosphere, and that comes through the body of Jesus Christ. I may be just the thumb, but we need the whole body working together corporately to influence the culture that we live in. And it may just start in your neighborhood, it may start in your family, It may start in your job. Wherever you find yourself, if you desire to sow the word of God, he'll give you an opportunity to sow his word. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to give me the opportunity. (laughs) Yes, and if you lack boldness... If you lack the boldness to speak the word of God in that moment, God will give you that boldness. All you have to do is be like Peter and John and ask him for it. Say, Lord, grant me boldness that I might speak the word of God. Amen? And he'll give you the boldness to be able to speak, to be able to declare the word of God in this hour. Amen? All right. So the very first key I want us to understand is that we are ambassadors. That's your first fill-in for Christ. Every born-again believer, and it's not just for pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles, every single one of us has the power to influence others for Jesus Christ. Everyone, that means me and you. So Second Corinthians 5.20 in the Passion Translation, it says it like this, We are ambassadors of the Anointed One who carry the message of Christ to the world, as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. As ambassadors, we have the power to influence. And I, I thought about that for a minute, and I thought about Daniel, and I thought about how powerful Daniel was. So if you ever read the book of Daniel, I would encourage you to go back and read it. He was living in, in such an idolatrous time, and we are too. We're living in that moment where ungodliness is like on the rampage. Um, but we're Christians and we're living in this world and we're watching this and seeing this and hearing this with our ears. And God is saying, come on, I co-partner with me so that we can win this culture to Jesus Christ. Amen. So he wants us to co-partner with him. Daniel was a great man of God that influenced the time that he was living in. I just want to share just a couple things. Do we have that scripture? Daniel chapter one, verse four. Um, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace, and to whom might they teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. So I'll give you just a little bit of background. We can call Daniel a hero because he was a Jewish prophet that lived in Babylon. Following the Babylonian captivity or the exile that they were in, it started in five, 597 B.C., we can call him a hero because he would not eat or falter to the culture around him. The kings and the lead eunuchs of that time wanted Daniel and the men that he was with to eat from the king's table. And to eat from the king's table, the meat that they were eat, want, that they wanted him to eat was defiled. And Daniel refused to participate with the culture of, this wor- of his world. And I just want to say I can call him a hero. And I can call every single one in this room a hero because we don't line up with the culture of this world. We we stand up to the culture of this world and say there is a better way there is a truth and it says in John chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning was the word of god and the word was with god and the word was god that is the truth and that's the truth that we preach and declare today so we don't stand with the culture of this world with the immorality and the things that we see going on i want you to know that if you if you see someone causing division that's not the culture of the kingdom if you see someone putting someone against somebody culture by culture, that's not the kingdom. If you see someone saying, I choose, I choose this color over that color, that is not the kingdom. We all are sons and daughters of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, look at your neighbor and say, I am a child of a great king, <laughs> and he lives in me. Yes, he lives on the inside of you. So if you see division being stirred up, you see strife being stirred up, know that that is not the culture of the kingdom of God. That's the culture of the world. And we stand against the culture of the world. All right, so let me see where I was. Okay. So um, we can call Daniel a hero. He didn't falter to the culture around him. It was an idolatrous culture. The Babylonians transported groups of captives from Israel to Persia during this time. Daniel was very young. He was taken first along with several other young men. He was described along with his many peers, one without blemish. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be that one without blemish. Daniel would not eat from the king's table, Daniel was a man of influence. But there's so many other examples in the Bible of men and women who are influential in the kingdom of God. And I'm sure if you took an examination of your own life, you could remember and know the people that have influenced you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? You can. We can think of the great ones like Catherine Kuhlman, like... Um, uh, who else? Ka- Catherine Coleman, Amy Amy Simple McPherson. I, mean, I love reading her stories, right? I love reading about, she was the first one on the radio. She was the first gospel person lady on the radio. I didn't know that until I studied that. I thought, wow, Lord, she was the very first one. Anyway, um, there's many people that can influence us. Another person who influenced me in my life was, uh, I call him Papa Hagan, Kenneth Hagan, because I learned so much from his ministry. But there's others here in the church that influence me. Pastors Dave and Ina influence me. Norman and Vicky influence me. I was going through a horrendous season in my life not long ago. But every time I would come into the church and I would look at them, I just received strength. It was like this supernatural strength would just come over me. So each one of us had the opportunity to influence others. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that what, that they would glorify God. Hallelujah. All right. So we are the salt of the world. We are different than the culture around us. We don't look the same, or we shouldn't look the same. Um, Damian Thompson, he a, was a youth leader once at the Ramp Church, and I, I, when I was listening to his, one of his messages one time, this statement stuck out to me, and I, I wrote it down. He went on to say, Our lives should force people to examine the reality of Jesus, because of the joy that we contain amen so our life who we are should cause people to begin to rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ amen you are a powerful people you have Jesus Christ the hope of glory living on the inside of you amen so there's just four nuggets in key one I want you to get as people of God we must desire for the kingdom of heaven to be released on earth So your first fill-in there, number one, is the kingdom of heaven. And Matthew 6, 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we want to, whatever is in heaven, we want to be manifested on this earth. And so what's in heaven can be manifested through us, the church. So number two, as Christians we must position, that's your next villain, so we must position ourselves to occupy the nations. And there's many nations represented in this house today. In Psalm 2, verse 8 in the Passion Translation, it says that the nations of the world shall become our legacy. But the important thing is we have to position ourselves for that. We have to be looking for that. We have to be looking for times and opportunities to be able to share the word of God and God will place us in those places where we need to share it. Number three, we take his word into places that he can only take us. Only God can take you to that place where you can share the word of God. It's like only God could have taken Ronnie to that place in his car to Clayton on that day to run into that lady, and his wife's car needed to be fixed. All that You can't make that up, but God took Ronnie there. A good man's steps or a good woman's steps are ordered and directed by the Lord. If you make your heart available and you make yourself available to the King of Kings, he'll give you a place to be able to minister because he'll give your gift a place to flourish. Amen? Say that with me. He'll give my gift a place to flourish. (laughs) Yes, yes. All right. (laughs) So number three, we take the word into places he can only take us it's through the power of his word that darkness is destroyed and that demons flee he has given us power to destroy poverty lack sickness and bondage as ambassadors that's your next fill in i like to say our job description is to destroy the works of darkness that's our job description My job description is to go into the areas of darkness and destroy Satan's kingdom and take the power of Jesus Christ back wherever I go. And so if I desire that and I put my hope and trust in God and know that God is going to give me a place to be an influencer, you can bet you I'm going to be there to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. If they're in the elevator with me, I'm waiting on them in the store, wherever I have the opportunity, God gives me places me there, I'm able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be an influencer. (laughs) Yes, we need to be influencing the culture that we live in today. And because you are an ambassador, God has given you his dominion. So that's number four. As we release the kingdom, we will begin to see his dominion on this earth. But his dominion can't be on this earth if we don't release it. So we have to release it like God is sitting over here and he's waiting for the church to grab a hold of him and run this race with him. We are in a critical moment in our nation and our time right now that we live in. Christianity is under assault. And so we, as born-again believers, have the power to take back what the enemy has stole from us because God himself gives us the dominion to do so. It says in Genesis 1, it says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let let us give him dominion over all the things of the earth. And down in verse 28, it says, over all the fish of the sea, over everything that creeps, over everything that walks, let, let us make man in our image and give him our dominion. So we have the very same dominion that jesus christ himself had hallelujah thank you jesus okay so number four as we release the kingdom we will begin to see his dominion on this earth Could i ask you to pull up a scripture real quick back there i don't think you have this first peter do you have that one uh first peter um, four verse 11 if you could pull that up or maybe i can get to it on my phone faster let me see do you know that 44 times in the bible jesus talks about his dominion 44 times so i would say that's pretty important look at here it says if anyone speaks let him speak as the oracles of god if anyone ministers let him do it with the ability which god supplies that in all things god may be glorified through christ jesus to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever so if anyone speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. Any one of us. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies that in all things, Jesus Christ might be glorified. Amen. So he gives you and I dominion. So 44 times, I think that's pretty important. Look at your neighbor and say, "I I have dominion. Okay. So no matter where you go, every place the Bible says on which we place the sole of our feet, God has given that land to us right? Every single place. So we, these feet are made for walking. And so wherever we go, we have dominion, right? So it doesn't matter where you are today. So when you go out to lunch today, when you meet up with your family today, 4th of July holiday, you're seeing family members that maybe don't know Jesus, you have the power and dominion to bring change. Amen. All right. So key number two, we live, and this is really important to understand. We live from revival, not to it. So revival from the Latin word means reviver, to restore life, health, or vitality. It's an improvement in condition and strength. And here are some very important words in your notes relating to revival. So when revival happens, restoration comes. A resurgence of the kingdom of God begins to flow. A regeneration of how you think begins to happen. And the power of the resurrection is on, is on display when you're in the middle of revival. So four words that are key, restoration, resurgence, regeneration, and resurrection. The power of the resurrection lives on the inside of you and I. Hallelujah. When we understand this key, it changes the way that we think. Romans 8 verse 11. Do we have that? Yes, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give your life, your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So the very same spirit that lives and dwells on the inside of Jesus Christ lives and dwells on the inside of your born-again spirit. So the moment you became born again, at that moment when you said, Jesus, come into my heart, and live on the inside of me. Forgive me from all of the things that I've ever done in my past and come and live on the inside of me. All of the kingdom of heaven then now entered your born again spirit. Everything came in. Everything that pertains to life and godliness now rests on the inside of your born again spirit. Amen. So the word quicken here in this verse means to make alive, give life, so we live to revive we, we live from revival, not to it. We are full of life, the hope of glory. So, you know, there was a lot of times in my life where I couldn't wait for a revival service to come. And so you hear revivals happening over here, or there's a big tent meeting over here, and revival, and we go to these revival meetings, and we get encouraged, and we get uplifted, and we see the power of God move, and then we leave, and we come back home, and we come back to our churches, and before we know it, that, that spirit of revival is kind of dwindled on the inside of us, and we're thinking, oh, I need just something else. I need to go back again. And so we'll go back to another revival service. But what Jesus wants us to understand is that we carry revival, so we don't need to Go, not that you don't want to go, you can go. But we need to understand that revival is on the inside of us. And where two or three are gathered together in His name, we have revival. So we don't need to wait for revival to come to us. We carry it. We should be oozing with the glory of God all the time from the inside of us. So, how does that happen, Sister Kimberly? How does that happen? We build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying to Him and speaking the Word of God, renewing our mind, being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is good and the acceptable, perfect will of God. So, how do we fire ourselves up? We fire ourselves up by doing just those things. Amen. And before you know it, you carry revival. And when you see someone, you instantly can grab a hold of them, begin to pray, and the power and the presence of God begins to flow. So, you can go to revival services, and I encourage you to do that but also understand that an important key to being an influencer is that you carry it everywhere you go. Hallelujah. All right. So let's see. Where was I? Am I I in two? Yes. Okay, revival from the Latin word means to revere. So the power of the resurrection lives on the inside of you and me. This This is real. Revival is real on the inside of us. We give off the fragrance of life. As people of influence, we have become revival. Daniel also knew the power of revival. <laughs> yes. Um, on the inside of him he was put into the lion's den and it proved right away that he knew the power of revival on the inside of him that's Daniel 6 verse 22 it's not in your notes but he knew the power of revival he knew how to get God's attention he knew how to shut the mouths of the lions from coming after him so he knew the power of God and we too have that same power amen there will be many times in this life where you feel like perhaps you're in the lion's den. You may feel like you're trapped and you're in this place and you and you might you might feel like there's no way out. But there is a way out. Begin shouting your way out. Begin speaking the word of God. Begin begin following the Lord. Amen. Hide the word in your heart Psalm 119 verse 11. Lord, I have hidden your word in my heart that I would not sin against you. So when you feel like you're being trapped in from every side, such as Daniel in the lion's den, know that there's a way out for you. Hallelujah. All right. The, the third key is understanding the kingdom that you're feeling. So understanding that the kingdom lives on the inside of you. In this hour that we're living in, we must be like the three in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> we must be like them and understand that the power of the fourth person lives on the inside of you. The culture that we live in must see that we are a people of influence, and we influence the world around us. We had, we had a quite a, a couple things that just happened in our Supreme Court that were in favor of Christianity just this past weekend. Amen? So there is people that are standing up. And I think for a long time we... We were in this place. Um, My former pastor, one of my former pastors from Faithful Community Church, used to say um, he was the coolest guy. I thought when I was in his church, I thought I was in revival service every Sunday. Like the first time I was there, I thought it was a revival service. And I thought, oh, this must be uh, the incoming speaker for the day, you know, because he was like a crazy man. He was on top of the pews and running back and forth. He had these sharp-looking boots on his feet. I mean, he was just sharpening and sharpening the word. And he spoke out. He says, you can't sit on the stool and do nothing. He says god has not called you to this church to warm the church You're, that that seat's not going anywhere when you come back that seat's still going to be there but you got to go out and take this gospel of jesus christ out the door you can't just be a church pew warmer you've got to run this race with jesus christ i thought wow then i found out he was the pastor of the house <laughs> I thought, oh, I'm going to stick around in this church for a little while. So six years I stayed in that church, and I learned how to walk in faith. I learned how to take my authority in Jesus Christ, and I learned that my behind doesn't stay on the seat, that I get up off the stool and do nothing and go out and change the culture one person at a time. Amen. So it's just one person at a time, Versi, just one. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. Yes, Lord, just one person at a time. Okay, so we as God's people, we must begin to tap into the reality that the kingdom of heaven is on the inside of us. And you know this scripture in Luke seventeen twenty-one, 21, where um, we don't look over here or over there, but the kingdom of heaven is on the inside of us. Amen? Um, it, the word says it doesn't come from observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom is within you. So just a couple thoughts under the, under your, the key three. Um, one, know that you carry the kingdom. So you have to understand that you carry this thing. You carry the wealth of the kingdom with you. You have to understand that you take it with you every day. So you can't leave it at home on Tuesday and take it with you on Wednesday. You can't just bring it to you on church on Sunday. You have to take it on Monday. So we take it with us everywhere we go. So we need our conscience to be aware that we carry his presence wherever we go. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we have the mind of Christ. And, Lord, I thank you, Father God, that even in these coming days, Lord, that you will give us, Father, an awareness that we carry your presence everywhere we go. Father, I thank you, God, that even everyone that's in this room today, Father, Lord, that they would be inspired, that you would encourage them and remind them when they wake up tomorrow morning that they carry your kingdom with them everywhere they go. Father, I thank you for giving them a place where they can speak your word, where they can deliver your message, Father. I thank you for giving them a boldness, Father, to declare the word of God in season, Father. I thank you, God, for equipping them in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord. I just release this, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, the third, uh, the third thing is <clears throat> that you have the power to pray for the sick, you have the power to give out words of knowledge give as you have received so you carry the kingdom of heaven on the inside of you you take it with you everywhere you go and you have the power to minister in words of knowledge lay hands on the sick and watch them recover everywhere you go everywhere i was um, this was several years ago and i was at work and i was on my lunch break and i was sitting outside on the bench And um, I was eating my favorite sandwich, which is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's my my favorite pastime. (laughs) I love that sandwich. So I'm sitting out there eating my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, minding my own business. And so I'm sitting there, and across the way on the bench from across me, I see this gentleman. And uh, the Lord says to me, he's ready to throw in the towel. And I said, huh, okay. Like, what do you want me to do about this, God? Okay. And so I start getting this vision of this man throwing in the towel, And he says, you just need to go over there and tell him not to throw in the towel. Would you do that for me today? And I said, sure, I can do that for you. So I put my sandwich down, put it back in my bag, and walked across. And I got over there, and I said, excuse me, um, my name is Kimberly. Um, I said, I love the Lord, and I really believe the Lord's got a word for you today. And the Lord doesn't want you to throw in the towel. Don't give up. And this man, probably about six foot two, 295 pounds, starts to cry in the middle of the mall. He just tears start welting down his face. And he said, How did you know that? And I said, Jesus told me that. And I says, Can I pray for you today? And he says, Yes, ma'am, you can. And so I began to pray for him, one person at a time. If we, will wa- if we want to sow the word, God will give seed to the sower. He will give us seed to sow that word. So we have to first desire to want to give it out. We have to desire to, Lord, I, want, I don't want to hide this inside of me anymore under a bushel. I want to give this word of God out. I want to I be that one God that will be faithful to you. If you call me to speak the word God, I want to speak it to whoever you place in my path, Amen. <laughs> and when you do, I can bet you that even more and more doors will open up for you, and you'll be coming back with testimonies, and you'll be coming back sharing of the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Sue Laduke, where she works, um, God has given her opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to pray with people. I mean, she'll be on the phone minding her own business, and God has her praying for someone, and they get totally set free. So if you have the desire, to sow the word, then God will bring seed for you to sow. He'll give you a place where you can sow that word. Hallelujah. So under key number three, know that know that you carry the kingdom. Take it with you every day. This is not in your notes, um, but if you've taken it on the... Uh, Just put on your sidebar so you got that. So we pray for the sick. We give out words of knowledge. Number four, you have complete authority. So you must understand that the kingdom of God lives on the inside of you. You have complete authority over the culture that you live in. You have authority over your neighborhood. You have authority over your homes. You have authority over your jobs. Everywhere you go, God has given you his authority. Amen. So we must understand the importance of influence and not to be intimidated by the culture that we live in. We're not of this culture. We're of the culture of the kingdom. And the last I knew it was righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's the culture that we live in, Romans 14, verse 17. That's our culture. So we display this, righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Anything else is not the culture of the kingdom. Hallelujah. All right. So let's go to, I want to read these scriptures to you in three. So um, let's take a look at Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Proverbs 4, 18. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Now, there's a a song that we used to sing. Shine, Jesus, shine. Da-da-da-da. The truth and mercy. Praise, Jesus, praise. Yes, that's what we need to be thinking about. We need to be thinking about always allowing the river of God to flow through you and I. Um, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15, says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, um, and through through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every single place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We used to have a woman here in the church, and her name was Reverend Maud. And um, she was a powerful woman of God. Her husband was powerful, too. Um, her husband used to blow bubbles in our church. <laughs> so, but she was powerful. She'd sit right over here where Sue was sitting, and right about in that that chair. And um, all of a sudden, she'd look at me, and I'd be sitting over here, and she'd kind of like, when she was sitting there, she'd bend over and look at me, and she'd catch my attention, and she'd go, Cause she was smelling the fragrance of the lord and so i'd meet up with her during offering time and she'd say did you smell the fragrance of god this morning did you smell them, kimberly yes i smelled them and in the healing rooms it would be the same thing she'd say oh you can smell the fragrance of god we have become god's fragrance hallelujah <laughs> yes so we have become god's fragrance amen so know that you carry the kingdom. Know that you take it with you every day. Give out words of knowledge. Who's, ever, who's not ever given out a word of knowledge in the church? Who, who's never been used in that capacity? Raise up your hand. So we're just going to release that today. So my prophetic team, where are you? If you're on my prophetic team, stand. This is totally off the record. <laughs> okay, turn around with me. Turn around. Okay, and those of you who have never been used in Word of Knowledge, raise up your hand. Okay, so I want my prophetic team to go and tap your hand, grab a shoulder. Roseanne, come on, you're on my prophetic team. Keep your hands up right here. Prophetic team, find them. Keep your hand raised up. We can have two or more on the same person. Okay, we're going to release this to you. Cause look at look at your neighbor and say i need it we need words of knowledge right this is a gift of the holy spirit this comes out of the revelatory gifts of the spirit of god so we have prophecy words of knowledge tongues interpretation so we want to be able to release words of knowledge in the marketplace and in the culture that we live in so father we thank you lord we thank you god for an impartation right now lord in jesus name for words of knowledge father The revelatory gift to flow through these ones, Father, in Jesus' name. We release this right now in the powerful name of Jesus, that wherever they go, God, they could be used in this. Ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, Father. We thank you, God, for equipping them. This is a spiritual tool, so we thank you for this tool this morning, Father, in operation in their life, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to be used that way. (laughs) Yeah, so there's many, we have many tools in the kingdom. And the gifts of the Spirit are our tools. Hallelujah. And words of knowledge are powerful when used. All right, so key number four knowing that you have the power to reform. Now, this is important. So, knowing that you have the power to reform. This means to convert another to a better form, to change, to alter a course, and reclaim what was lost. To amend what was defective, corrupt, or deprived. It's an improvement in the existing form or condition of societal institutions or practices. And, you know, it says in Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. Can you pull that up for me, too? Please, I'm sorry. Aren't they doing a good job in the back? Yes. (laughs) Let's look at Isaiah 61 real quick Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So, almost. So, knowing that you have the power to reform, you have the power. To make better, to change, or to alter, to reclaim what was lost, what was defective, corrupt, and deprived. We have the power to change this in the kingdom of heaven. And it says in Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, it says that, I'm going to pull it up. Hold on. We got We got it. Thank you. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has set me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives. Now, he's talking about, he's seeing Jesus doing this stuff back here. So he has set me to proclaim liberty to the captives, to the opening of the prison to those that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm the planting of the Lord. Okay. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. Say, I shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations. And if they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. So we are called in this hour that we're living in to restore, to rebuild, to bring life because we have the power of Christ on the inside of us. And he gives us the power of reformation. He gives us the power to reform that which has been lost or stolen. How many ever had something stolen from you? The Bible says that he'll restore that back to you seven times. So you have the power to stand up and say, Not this time, devil. Not this time. You're not coming to my house this time. I'm going to stay. You're not taking what belongs to me. If you try to take it, I'm coming back right after you. So you got to remember that the enemy can only lie to you. So he can only lie. He can't do anything else because in Colossians, Jesus makes it. Paul makes it very clear that Jesus spoiled the enemy, making a show of it openly, triumphing over the devil in it. So he went and took the keys away. So in, back in Roman times, they would cut off the fingers and they would cut off the toes. And if there was a new law, they would post that new law up to a post. They would nail it to a post. So the whole community in that vicinity could see there was a new law. So when Jesus spoiled principalities, made a show of it openly, come against, took the keys away from the enemy. He rose again victoriously, and he gave you and me the power to rebuild, to reform, to build up, and to move the culture that we're living in. So the only thing the enemy now can do to you is lie. He can't do anything else. He can't chase you. His toes and and thumbs were cut off. He can't run after you and chase you. In biblical times when they did that, it let the people know that the enemy can no longer run after you. He can't throw darts after you because he has no fingers to hold the, the bow. He has no toes to run so he can no longer run after you. So the only thing that he can do is lie in our mind. He can come and say, you don't have the power. He can come in there and say to you that you don't have dominion. That's just a lie. He can come in and say to you, you need to fear this thing because everybody else is fearing it. He can come in and say these things to your mind gate. Well, they, just because God healed that one doesn't mean it's going to heal me. And so the spirit of fear comes in. That's how he lies to you. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 10 through 14, it says that the wiles of the devil, the wiles of the devil come to your mind gate. The darts come into your mind and tell you that you can't do what you can do. Yeah. And so if we believe the lie, we believe it, then we give a doorway for the enemy to come in and continue to lie to us. Say I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that. No. We're not going to let the enemy lie to us. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, Jesus came to destroy the works of darkness, Luke 10 in verse 19. Thank you, Father. It says, "Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you." We have his authority to destroy the works of darkness. Matthew 5 and verse 14, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Um, Here, that word, the world here in this particular verse means in the Greek, it means cosmos, which is the social system of men. We are called to bring the cosmos, the social system of men. We're called to bring reformation to this world, you and me. That's good. You and me are called to do this. We we don't live by the social system of men. The only way we can change the system of the world is to change ourselves first. Romans 12.2 in the Amplified says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values or customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. By the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what is the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect plan and purpose for you. The Bible says in Daniel 5, verse 12, it says that Daniel had an excellent spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, I have an excellent spirit too. Yeah, yeah. We have an excellent spirit. Amen? So we start this. How do we reform? We reform it by transforming our mind, by by saying, I can reform. I can do this. I can do it. I've, I find that that gets uh, challenging in my life sometimes. All of a sudden, I'll say to my mom, well, I can do that. And then before you know it, I'm doing that. And I'm saying, I, don't, I can do that. And so we traveled one time all the way to Chicago from New York, went up through, went up through Canada, and we're heading over to this prophetic conference. And I really wanted to go, but I didn't know how I was going to be able to go. My kids were real young at the time, but I knew that they had something for me there. How many of you ever gone someplace, you know they got something for you when you get there? So you've got to go. You just got this in your spirit, you've got to go. And so that was a moment that I just said to my mom, I said, we've got to go. We're going. We can do this. And before you knew it, we were doing it. We're going over through Canada and going down into Chicago. And it was a powerful meeting. You remember that? Powerful, powerful meeting that we had there. So when we get the attitude that I can do it, then I am an influencer. God will give us the seed. He'll give us the place to sow that seed when we long and desire to move and do what he's called for you and I to do. Amen. So we are ambassadors in this hour for the Lord. Hallelujah. So we don't live in the social system of men. The only way we can change it is by changing who we are changing us first on the inside and wanting to be changed amen so we are called to bring reformation to this world so number one key is we're ambassadors number two we live from revival not to it the kingdom is on the inside of us we are reformers on this earth and so i don't know about you but the cultures of the world um lately is so filled with immorality and sometimes I say to myself I never thought that I would be in this place. I never thought that I would I would see what I see with my eyes. I never thought that I would hear what I hear from my ears and so it was back in 2017 I did some research um, and I went to Pew Research Center and I found that 52 percent of Protestants say that they get to heaven by good works. And I found that this is just not the thinking here in the United States, but it's also the thinking over in Europe and other places. Um, and then I found out that in the Netherlands, almost every one of them in the Netherlands describe themselves as atheists. And then I found in this same study, I found that um, by age 12, the Pew Research Center said, "No, this is in 2017, so we've come a long way from 2017." So it says that um, by the age 12, children begin to feel different, and by age 17, they know whether they're gay or lesbian or transgender. The percent is on the rise with the acceptance in the U.S. and most European nations, while the percent is still low in Africa, African and Muslim nations because they hold a high value of morality. And in the Muslim world, they're seeing the largest harvest for Jesus Christ that we've ever has ever been known, ever been known. And then I found out in this same research that um, we're we're beginning to live in an ungodly society, but every single one of our states here in the United States have their own constitution, and God is in every single one of them. So in California and Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Idaho, Iowa, their constitutions are filled with God in the middle. And I would say to myself, what has happened? Our culture needs to be changed, and we change it one person at a time. So this was this research I did in 2017. Now we're in 2023. Now they say that when you're 5 or 6, you feel like you could be a different a, a different gender. And so this is the immorality that's speeding up. It seems like it's just speeding up really fast. And so we are the culture that the world desires to have. We carry the hope of glory on the inside of us. We carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. We carry, in the beginning was the word of God and the word of God was God. And it it, it was in the flesh and he dwelt among us. So we have this truth on the inside, but if we hold it in and bottle it up, we're never going to get this truth out. We must understand today that we're ambassadors, that we live from revival, not to it. We carry revival. If I need revival on the street, I'm going to have revival. If I need to lay hands on the sick, I'm going to lay hands on the sick. If I'm going to give out a word of knowledge, I'm going to give out a word of knowledge in the elevator. Wherever God has called me to do that, we are reformers in this earth. I heard it once said that we're called to sustain the kingdom of heaven on earth. And so I want Ronnie to come up. I want him to do something for me. I asked him if he'd do this. So can I? Can we move this first? So, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I heard it once said that we're called to sustain the kingdom of heaven on earth. And sustain means to hold it up. Hold that pole right up there, Ronnie sustain means to hold it up and to bear the weight of the structure well he can't do it by himself norman come on up here he cannot do this by himself he needs a friend he needs another part of the body to help him hold it it's a pretty big building right he needs he 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 needs he needs my brother right here come on up come on yeah yeah come on up he needs a third person okay so Come on, Raymond. Sustain means to hold it up to bear the weight of a structure. So they're holding the church up and they're bearing the weight of the structure. It takes more than one person it takes every single one of us in the body of Christ to hold up the structure of the kingdom of heaven every one of us why to establish and confirm the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ so it takes the whole body to hold up the structure of this building takes the whole body to hold up the structure of the culture of the culture of the kingdom on the inside of us amen thank you guys give me a hand (laughs) <laughs> this is the, this is the truth that we preach we can't do it alone we need to hold up the structure and we need to sustain the culture of the kingdom in 2023 and beyond amen we have the power to change the culture we release it so just release the culture the world desires to have they desire to have what you have jesus in you the hope of glory Remember, influence is a powerful force. Say with me, it's a powerful force. So let your light shine and release the power that's already on the inside of you. So stand up with me, and I want you to say these four keys with me. I'm going to ask Pastor Tim Pritchard if he'll come up and say our closing declaration. But I want you to say this with me as he's coming. Say this with me. We are ambassadors we live from revival not to it the kingdom is on the inside of me and we are reformers and sustainers of the kingdom culture on this earth today in jesus name i love you guys so i'm going to call for the altar altar workers to come too. come on up pastor tim so, Father, I just thank you for the service today, Lord. I thank you, Lord. And if you don't know Jesus Christ today, you don't know the power of influence, you don't know who Jesus is, I'll just give you an opportunity right now to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. And I'll just give us a minute if we just bow our heads. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You've, perhaps you've walked away from the Lord. Perhaps, perhaps you've not really known who Jesus is. I'll just give you a minute. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your kingdom. Father, I thank you, Lord. Just repeat this after me. Father, we thank you that you are the king of kings and you live on the inside of me. Father, if I've done anything to offend you, I just receive your forgiveness today. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, the teams are here. Be sure and use them.